Welcome, we're the Grounded Space Cadets. We can get low spacey, but our feet are firmly planted on the ground. Join us as we navigate all things spiritual, psychological, and astrological. Okay, space babies, suits on, all systems go. Hello, Hello, space space babies. babies. Was not planned. Was not planned. <laughs> so we like staring me a coat. <laughs> we're like staring at each other as we're doing it. Like, are you are doing you this too? Or am I doing it? <laughs> Let's just both do it then. <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a little bit of a minute since our last episode. Yeah, we had to we had to skip a week. I was under the weather, and it was not going to happen. So, but now we're here. We're um, going to wrap up our spirituality and Christianity mini series with. Our third episode on it, um, focusing on one uh, book from the New Testament. But before we get into that, uh, Marcel and I wanted to talk about some challenges we faced with the New Testament. Yes, we did. You know, when we decided to do these mini series, we're like, oh, you know, Christianity should be the first one. We both grew up in it. We were indoctrinated into it. Like, we should know this stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. I feel like through this spiritual evolution and adulthood, I haven't really touched the book since I ran away screaming and yelling from it. So it was very like, it was like a very like full circle moment spiritually for my being, I feel like also. But yeah, I had a a lot of difficulty with the New Testament specifically because of, you know, it, it just drives that message of Jesus is all and savior of all. And if you don't follow you go to hell, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I had to get past that Mm -hmm. completely, Mm -hmm. right? And it was tough because we first had said, well, we're going to do the New Testament and focus on Revelations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, I mean, we read it and we were just like, you know what? We are in over our head with Revelations. We had to admit it. Mm -hmm. I understood that, you know, you kind of, you do have to be a scholar of the Old and the Old Testament, like really know it in and out to make sense of revelations. And I just felt like we were going to do a disservice to it if Absolutely. we focused on that. I mean, overall, it was through the New Testament that I, I kind of felt that way to begin with. Like, I feel like we're doing a disservice to the religion. And I started feeling kind of, um, I mean, I guess not ashamed but just kind of like i feel like we're not we can't dive into it the way that a scholar it deserves. would and we we didn't set out to do that either right. so I so mean, we had to remind ourselves yeah. what the point and mission of these episodes were right and it was not to become all-knowing scholars of the bible yeah but for me it was one to find a whole new appreciation for it which i did yeah me too and two was to connect our newfound spiritual wisdom mm-hmm. to the religious text. Yeah, what we want to do with all of these sacred texts that we're going to dive into is find those kind of universal spiritual themes. You yes. know, that any, I mean, we see it all the time in pop culture. People pick and choose lines from the Bible or for, from Buddhism, like these spiritual wisdom pieces. And that's kind of what we're doing, but mm-hmm. with our own spin. And mm-hmm. so, um, with on top of me getting sick, we mm-hmm. spent a little extra time sitting with the discomfort of doing this um, with the New Testament. Um, but in the this practice, I have come to appreciate the Bible more as mm-hmm. one story, one story of spiritual 
um, enlightenment. enlightenment. Yes. I found that connection as well. It's this unified story of different perspectives over time because it is a book written through time, Mm -hmm. right? And it's just unifying. It's the idea to unify people under one beautiful message of unity, connection, community, and oneness Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And what is not what Buddhism is trying to do? What is not what Mm -hmm. most of these brilliant beautiful spiritual teachers are trying to do but that yeah and so once we got past that and once we got past the fact that it's okay if we decide not to do this episode on revelations even though we said we were going to it was giving ourselves a little bit of grace to say we are not prepared yeah because yes i did not want to do it a disservice and i felt like we were going to and i didn't want to put out something that has our name on it where we didn't feel proud of it and i wasn't feeling proud of what we were coming up with at the time Well, it's a a tricky it's hard to find like spiritual themes out of revelations because to me it does seem very fear-based and i i gotta recommend to the listeners who are perhaps um they identify as christian but maybe they haven't really explored the actual history of the the bible from the old to the new testament i mean it 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 definitely you got to think of what's happening at the time at the time within the context of what was happening mm-hmm. the persecution because then it makes a lot a lot more sense right. you know like the jewish people were constantly occupied by the romans and at war with mm-hmm. the romans and you know we did a lot of that we did a lot of digging into the historical context of the bible mm-hmm. especially the new testament and it it just left me with more questions and more curiosity. I mean, like you and I were talking about how, you know, Jesus wasn't the first Mm-mm. self-proclaimed Messiah, Messiah of the Jewish mm-hmm. people, right? Correct. There were others. there were other Messiahs at the time. At least three others right before him. Yeah, <laughs> and so that, that was like a tradition that was developing during the Roman occupation of um, the Levant of the Jewish people at this time. And mm-hmm. so it's just very interesting to see that transmission of the story and the cultural norms for the Jewish people at this time. And then it made, it made me wonder, well, like, what do Jews believe now? Like, are they waiting for a Messiah? Are they still? Right. And it's it's fascinating. I, I read some um, different blogs and articles from um, rabbis who are mm-hmm. like, no, we're not waiting for the Messiah. Like, they really, some Jewish people do not expect the Messiah to come. And it's not, that's detracting away from their message, right? Correct. Like, it's, it's more of living in the spirit of the Messiah. The Messiah. Yeah. And so we will probably circle back to these ideas because mm-hmm. we are going to look into ju- Judaism a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So this has given us some fodder for that. But And me, us questioning and having these difficulties. And then we came across a statement in Philippians, which we'll get into later. But this very much humanized Jesus for me again. Mm-hmm. He, you know what I mean? Through trying right. to find... This old glorious king behind all of this message. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what I found was a human being. Yeah. At the end of the day, I reconnected with the fact that he was a person. Yeah. At the end of the day, I connected with the fact that Jesus walked this earth as you and I yeah. did, but he was also inspired by a message somewhere. Yeah. And that's and what I had to come do, to realization. Even if you do believe that you know Jesus is the Son of God, He is the embodiment of God. 
he still had to become human. Uh, yes. So, I mean, what you're saying. And the text tells you over and over and over again. He a human life. life, right? And A very finite is, human life. This is what we connect, what I connect um, the dimensionality of consciousness to, right? Like yes. we've talked about in our past episode that we live in the 3D reality, but there's the fourth dimension and the fifth dimension based off of um what we were talking about. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode two on Proverbs and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, the way I see it, God chose to leave the fifth dimension where it is the creator of all things to embody itself in the third dimension as Jesus. And observe and, a human life. Right, right. And so that whole idea of us needing to come back and fulfill our purposes in the third dimension, in this reality, I mean, it, go, it just goes to show that there are other higher consciousness, yes, other entities that it's here on Earth where we do the work. Correct. Right? It's not yes. after we pass on it's every day in every moment and that's to me that was the message of philippians we're going to be focusing on philippians but what paul is saying about jesus's life and living through jesus's story like our work is here on earth Mm -hmm. right it's Mm -hmm. not to do the best we can so that way we can go to heaven Mm -mm. But it's to do the work here now. To create heaven on earth. Right. Right? Because we create heaven on earth or we create hell on earth. We're seeing it now. Right. We are, there's a lot of people living hell on earth right now. Yeah. And worse. Yeah. Right? And for me, connecting back to the message that he was this human being, it's like, oh, it's holding up that mirror again. Yeah. And throughout time, we gave leaders of the church churches, religions, way too much power because of control, right? Where it needed to be sustained because if you educate too many people, you can't really control too many people. So we're just going to educate a select few that then will teach this information to the masses. But that's relying on someone, a human being, interpreting them. That that was my biggest fight. Mm -hmm. Through connecting with the New Testament again, I was like, if people really read the New Testament and really lived in the image of Jesus and walked on this earth like Jesus, they would then take their their own intellectual expansion into their own responsibility and know that it is their human right to first educate themselves so that they know what they're reading. And your job is to read the text. Your job is to see yourself in the stories. Your job is to kind of sit with the messages and ponder on your life not based on what someone at the front of the room is telling you to ponder which how it was done to me Mm -hmm. in the decades that I went to mass was this is the message we're going to focus on today this is how it's interpreted this is what I want you to sit with this week and the next week we're going to sit with the next message that was beautiful Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but it didn't encourage me to go seek out the knowledge and the information to then really project myself because I was basing it based on what that gentleman up at the front of the room, and I was always a gentleman, let's face it, in the Catholic religion, telling me what to think, telling me how to feel about the text. So now I found a whole new appreciation, and I want to shout out the Bible Project because they really, I love books and I love the literal uh, ability of, 
our mind being put to word that way and for it to transcend time, mm-hmm. that that's what I found again and that appreciation and that love for the literal yeah. beautifulness of what the Bible is, the, the minds that wrote these words, mm-hmm. I found that appreciation where I couldn't get past it before because right. of the dogmatic message. Same. Same, yeah. And it's like once once you sit with it long enough and as Marcella mentioned, um, the Bible Project it's a free organization. They create these amazing graphic Beautiful representations explanations. of, of um, the different books in the Bible, and they're actually super entertaining. And we got a lot of our um, information from them. So shout out to the Bible Project. If More you're on how to read it, it yeah, and how to like appreciate how to, it. Not how right. to interpret it, but they, how to really appreciate and they, learn from it. They approach it from a very literary, like this is a literary analysis of the Bible, and I appreciate that um, being a teacher. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I definitely have walked away with like, oh, this book is, it's a beautiful thing, and it it's just been, it's been used and abused, uh, and abused, you know, for different reasons. And we're going to talk about like manipulation mm-hmm. as well as we get into Philippians, because Philippians... Um, really drives home the idea of uh, our suffering serves a purpose. Correct. Right? And Marcel and I were sitting with this idea of, like, suffering for a purpose, finding And this meaning. month was a very intense yeah. month of that. Yeah. And, like, finding, finding meaning in suffering, it's a beautiful concept, but then we both were reserved in, like, how to express it because we know that in the church um, throughout history that people in power have used this notion of suffering to exploit and take Correct. advantage and manipulate mm-hmm. others. Correct. So um, this brought us back to the notion that like, we need to trust our authority. We need to trust that like this message is for us, mm-hmm. for us and not for someone else to tell us. And, and right now that you means. said that I wanted to complete that by saying it's for us by us. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It was it was witnessed by human beings like you and I at the time. And and I and it's not for us from someone. Yeah, it's from us. And it's like that connection back to seeing ourselves in the text again. Yeah. And becoming one with the message, becoming one with the people that lived it and in turn becoming one with Jesus, which then would if you believe in the message of this book would say you would become one with God. Yeah. Yeah, and I go back to that idea. Like again, this is just like one one story, right? Like one story, one, one perspective story from our our human history, right? Correct. Like we're gonna be looking. This at, is one cycle of time. Yeah, and this comes from a very specific region, mm-hmm. right? A geographic region, mm-hmm. right? So this this whole book is it it displays the cultural norms the traditions of just one regional people right? and that's and- why i'm so excited to get into the next one our mini series of buddhism because we're going to get into a different region to a different timeline of hi- human history but we're going to start making those same connections, connections that yeah. we just came up with in this yeah. book Okay, to go back, before we get into Philippians, um, I just wanted to review the criteria of spirituality framework mm-hmm. because we'll refer to it a bit in this episode, hopefully if we don't get too distracted. But the first one is um, the spiritual belief or action connects us to source, God, or ourself. Uh, the second one is that the spiritual belief or action engenders a sense of unity or interconnectedness with all sentient beings. Mm-hmm. 
The third one is that the belief or action is transcendent and or grounding. The fourth one is that it activates a psychic or a soulful sense of purpose. And when I when I say psychic, um, psyche really does mean the soul, mm-hmm. but it could be taking place in our own um, psychology, our, our mental f- facilities as well. And then spiritual belief or action inspires us to seek justice and ensure harmony for ourselves, our communities, and the earth. Okay. So spiritual themes that we saw um, present in Philippians, um, we we found Christ consciousness mm-hmm. and the divine self, um, finding meaning in our suffering, mm-hmm. gratitude, empathy and service to others, mm-hmm. faith, choosing life over death. Our work is found on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul makes and that now. pretty clear mm-hmm. throughout his prayer of gratitude that, you know, it would be better for me. So in Philippians, if you don't know, uh, Paul is imprisoned and he's sending his letters to Philippia, which was a colony in um, Roman occupied. That he, he started. Yeah. yeah. But he started for Christians and he's imprisoned and he's saying, you know, I might make it out of this imprisonment or they might execute me. Right. But um, and in reality, like it would be better for me to die. Mm-hmm. In reality, like, I would be with Christ. I would be with my God if I was executed during this time. However, the sacrifice really is staying alive mm-hmm. to be in service mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. And so service to others, our work is found on earth, not in the afterlife. And then um, lastly, a theme that we uh, came up with was resurrection or ascension. And, and and going back to the choosing life over death, I feel like if you're really analyzing the whole book as one story, and I believe that the Bible Project made this connection as well, was you know Paul making that decision to basically be a human being, live life on earth, regardless of what that meant, how that meant, but he was going to do it in Jesus' image, right? Mm-hmm. Walk this earth as he did. Mm-hmm. Did not Adam make that same decision in the very, very beginning? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's yeah. reconnecting, yeah. right? But Adam didn't have Genesis. the knowledge, right? Right, he didn't know it. He, he went was... to it blindly, knowing that, or was it Eve? I mean, it was Adam, both, right? For like, me, Adam and Eve is like one of the same. One and the same. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So they they made it's humans. They made that choice. It's that image with, of human without having the knowledge that Paul has now, right? right. Like Paul now has um, a millennia of. It was them doing it blindly versus now Paul doing it knowingly and knowing that by doing it knowingly is going back into that blind faith. Right, right. Right. Yes, totally. And so um, for our passages that we have chosen, um, we wanted to look at the Messiah poem, which is in chapter 2, and it's verses 6 through 11. I think we're just going to focus on 6 through 8. Um, but it's kind of the central theme throughout Philippians. Mm-hmm. And it goes, um, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing mm-hmm. by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeliness, and being found in appearance as a man, mm-hmm. he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so with that in mind, this is Paul uttering and like reiterating, like, we are here to live by Jesus's example, to be humble, to be 
of the mind of God. Which means doing the right thing even if it gets you yeah. persecuted. And doing not, the right thing above all. Not using all. it for your advantage. Correct. Right? Using it to elevate the well-being of others. Of others mm-hmm. Right. And we talked about how before we recorded how to be in service to others we do have to be in service to ourselves correct there's no you can't not gain from it by serving others yeah like you just you you and we don't mean like a material or capitalistic gain. it's more of a spiritual gain right yes you can't you can't serve others from an empty vessel right right so it's like you do have to and I think I like how you said it. When you said, when you serve others, you're serving yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? You're fulfilling yourself. Correct. Because I put myself as, what do I feel when I'm in service to others? You know, you bring up a feeling of compassion. You bring up feelings of love for a stranger. Mm-hmm. You know, feelings of of being a part of something. Uh, feelings of connection. Like, all of this comes up when you're of service. Mm-hmm. And does that not serve your being when you can bring up these emotions to the surface? So in, in serving others, mm-hmm. you know, you're serving your your soul, you're serving your being. You're allowing a space and time for you to bask in those emotions. Mm-hmm. Where maybe because of, especially this day and age, we can't sit there and be of service 24-7. We have to go no, work and make a living, right? right? And, and make sure that we can survive mm-hmm. in this day and age. So we forget sometimes how to, while I'm in a meeting, maybe feel like I'm in gratitude. Yeah. You know, when I'm sitting in traffic and bottleneck traffic here in our area in Southern California. Serving somebody a cheeseburger and fries. Exactly. Yeah. Like you forget to feel graciousness towards that person. You know, you get so robotic, so monotonous in the day mm-hmm. that you literally are going through the motions Mm -hmm. when do you feel happiness when you're going through the motions when do you feel love when you're going through the motions when do you feel any of these beautiful elevating emotions that lift you up when you're just going through the motions you don't Mm -hmm. you have to like remind yourself you have to shake it like something has to happen Mm -hmm. and why not create that for yourself so you know in serving others means how can i in my day-to-day knowing that i have to still survive and live how can I integrate this message of service, whether it be a $10 donation, whether it be a quick phone call to someone that just that just needs someone to be there for them, or that's service to others. showing kindness to somebody at the grocery store when you're in line and they're clearly having a bad day and they drop something on the ground. You pick it up. You smile at them. Correct. You or know, you're like, letting the guy behind you with two things in front of you. Right. Little things like little that. Little things like that. And I think... One way to go about doing that is in this poem where it says, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And to me, the word obedient to death, like it it initially has this negative connotation to me, like blind. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Blind obedience. But in reality, this is saying to me that you need to live every day like it's your last because we don't have a guaranteed tomorrow, right? right? So if we are obedient to death... We're accepting of it. It's just part of it. We're accepting of death. Mm-hmm. We know it can happen at any moment. Mm-hmm. You then, in that case, when you have that mindset, then your day-to-day interactions with others, with yourself, with strangers, does become more elevated. It does become more ceremonious mm-hmm. in my mind, where it's like, okay, I can... I have a little bit of an energy to extend myself further for a smile or how mm-hmm. are you doing or can I help you with something mm-hmm. I see you're lost or and how poetic 
that line, even death on a cross. I hadn't really thought about it until just now. You know, what does a cross represent but like an intertwine of two paths, right? What is not back in the day when they were trying to encourage, you know, Lord as, or Jesus as Lord, does that not create some sort of like cognitive dissonance for everyone else? Like, no, that's not the way things are going to be. So it's almost like you're willing to die even for that misunderstanding of two worlds right, you're willing right. to die even for the misunderstanding of two faiths like yeah. for i hadn't even thought of that symbolism until yeah. now about the cross yeah and it's kind of like a crossroads mm-hmm. right where you're there's indecision there's uncertainty there's but sticking confusion. to your faith blindly yeah even then yeah even then that's going to make it through that's yeah. going to push you through right and jesus showing that it did by you know, mm-hmm. the God's resurrecting him or God resurrecting him. Yeah. However you want to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Ascension. Ascension. Yes. Right. And so, I mean, that also brings to mind, like, Jesus at some point knew he was going to suffer. And maybe he knew because he was God, but maybe he also knew because there were messiahs before him who died violently. By Romans. So, mm-hmm. I mean, King Herod did not want, he, he knew of this prophecy of right. the Jewish people that there was going to be a king that would rise and Which take over. Which was the and one so, that was killing all the babies. Yeah. Right? So, King Herod would, you know, infanticide, mm-hmm. kill the babies of the Jewish people. If there was Just any, in case this one, the next one was the Messiah. So, like, oh, maybe this is the, the prophecy, right? So, mm-hmm. There were um, Jewish leaders who were put to death when, and there were tribes of Jewish um, communities who followed these leaders and believed that that person was the Messiah. And it became, because the Jewish people were persecuted and under Roman occupation, I mean, and there were a lot of rebellions and wars going on between the two, Mm -hmm. um, the leaders of these groups, they were, they were put down rather violently. And so this is, and publicly, this became the trend, like our Messiah is going to die like the the person that we're going to follow that's the prophecy they're going to be murdered and so when jesus proclaimed himself as the son of god he knew what was coming he knew he was going to die because he knew that if this was the path he chose he he had to accept it fully but we all know we're going to die exactly we all and that's this is the path we all must accept yeah this is exactly and so we tap into the acceptance of death and we are obedient to death then we live every day it's kind of paradoxical right like if we are obedient to death the way that jesus was and the way that paul is insisting we should be then we don't take advantage right of each day do do we not attach that notion of living it as if it were your last to those people that get a death sentence Mm -hmm. right don't they immediately go start okay it's time to really attack that bucket list because now i know i actually have a somewhat idea of when that time frame is going to be fine out for me so now i'm truly going to go live as if it is my last let's not wait for that yeah basically this text is telling you to do that every day accept it yeah. it could come in the next this breath is our, this is our work in life it you is know? like this is the true knowing that we're gonna our, die the true fulfillment of our humanity of our own divinity is is to as paul suggests is to live with the mindset of jesus christ is to live by that example so that we bring heaven on earth. Correct. And we, you know, we lift the waters for everyone. Right. And how do we create heaven on earth? By doing all that is good and his example, right? And 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 helping others, serving others, 
you know, not killing other people, not, you know, doing all of what the stuff that the, the Ten Commandments tell you. Like all these little hints are being thrown at us to follow. But yeah, over centuries, was it then stripped away from the spiritual message to then start controlling the masses? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's well documented. We've talked about it. Like, the Catholic Church became a political force in medieval Europe. And, I mean, then we had the Protestant Reformation, mm-hmm. which was a split from really the power dynamics within the church. Right. Where it's like, in the Catholic Church, you know, you you couldn't read the Bible it was illegal in many cases to read the Bible without a priest present, Correct. or if you were if you were getting it um, on your own, separate from the priest or whoever. And then Protestant Reformation was like, no, this is this is God's right. word. Yeah. Like every human mm-hmm. should, it's their birthright to be able to read these words for themselves. And the okay. church did not like that because then they could not control the narrative anymore. Right, right, right. And that's what we're trying to get back to it's like let's get away from the narrative mm-hmm. because there's a much more beautiful message yeah. in the scripture and yeah. the literal words that all of these people that lived at that time and once i got past that i was like i get to appreciate that suffering that these people went through in a different way versus i'll admit it and i was in the wrong dismissing their suffering yeah. And just saying, well, we all suffer, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, we all are here to fucking suffer. Exactly, though. But so that's, that's also the message. Get over yourself. That is also the <laughs> I know. message, though. It's like finding meaning in the suffering because you can't escape it. God, as its human form in Jesus, could not escape it either. Exactly. Like, the, the whole... And it's not to... Tr- I mean, a lot of us want to transcend suffering. We, I think we get that in pop culture with meditation and like some of the messages from Buddhism. Well, especially because even I said is, it, pain is 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 inevitable, but suffering is a choice. And I've had to reevaluate that statement recently. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, suffering. We all experience it, but what matters is what we do with it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how, the meaning we find with it, and I know this is. I feel like it's super privileged to say this. I brought this up, brought this up before the podcast. It's privileged for me to say that because I, I am co-creating my life right now. Um, I'm pushing forty. I have the resources to make my life the way I want it. Mm-hmm. But then I remembered what it was like twenty years ago mm-hmm. when I didn't have the knowledge, when I didn't have the resources, when I was riddled with anxiety and depression. When I was really suffering. Yeah. Like, I feel like my dark night of the soul lasted from the time I was, like, 16, probably until, like, 32. Yeah. 33. <laughs> 32, 33. In yeah. and out, in and out. Like, uh-huh. um, maybe some moments of um, light through there. Like but that's what we're here to do. Because in order to have a human experience, you have to be willing to live the human experience. <laughs> yeah. But it's, we, we oft, we also talk about co-creating, right? Yeah. And it's like, you, it's hard to be in a place of co-creation when there's these systemic issues. And you happening. feel limited. Yeah. And what you can and do. You don't have resources or you don't have support, you know? And like I didn't feel back then I could question this text like this. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even the only people I started out. Your only out, option was to just leave. Which is what I did. Yeah. Because the moment I started questioning my elders, they got so insulted that I that I was questioning their existence, basically, that I didn't want that feeling of 
feeling persecuted for that. And I realize now, reconnecting with the text, that I was not living, you know, in that Christ consciousness that of upholding my own belief system, regardless of what everybody else is saying, you know. And it was more of that. It's interesting that our astrological transits right now that we're talking about this because yeah. allowing myself to then say, hey, I can question this text because that is my human right. Right. I was allowed to pick this up and analyze it yeah. and interpret it. And now I have a deeper, like we said earlier, connection to it yeah. and appreciation for it. Yeah. Will I go sit in a Catholic church? No. Yeah, and that's a kind but, of a, that's a point that I wanted to bring up. It's like <laughs> one of the byproducts of doing this is like realizing that going back to like this idea of co-creation, like we can. This is what humans have always been doing. Like, if your faith is still there, but you don't believe in what your church is communicating, like you can take your Bible mm -hmm. and you can co-create, you can create something new for yourself. And, and that's so what I found. be faithful. Yes. Right? There's a movie that's out right now that's all about this called Women Talking. Mm. And mm -hmm. I haven't seen it I yet. I haven't seen it either. And I heard about it. it. I heard it's phenomenal in that way where it's a group of women in a fanatical Mennonite, I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure it's Mennonite colony that are um, – being raped by the men in their community and they they are basically saying okay we can we have options here we can burn it down we could we could just totally get rid of it or we could leave but then what about our boys mm -hmm. who are going to grow up in this or we can change it exactly. we could take our faith mm -hmm. but we can create something new with mm -hmm. it and i feel like that's where people get stuck in the dogma that if you question or attempt to shine light on contradictions or hypocrisy, um, you're shut down. Well, because they take excommunication very seriously. Oh, they do. And people that's that just, and people that get excommunicated is, get so yes personally attacked and. But that that's the Catholic Church. It is Marcella's. Mm -hmm. um, her she's always going to default back to Catholicism, uh -huh. but there's other forms of mm -hmm. Christianity where right. that's not that's not the case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, excommunication is a thing. My mom, after my parents got a divorce, it like, it was spiritually, she went through like a spiritual dark night of the soul because right. of it. And even if you don't get excommunicated in your religion, you're still not, you're, you know, pegged as that black sheet yeah. in other religions yeah, I mean, and you're you, not respected you the, anymore. You run the risk of losing your community, right? right. Your support. Right. And that's what people are afraid of right. because... Some of us can survive, you know, solo out there. We've learned to adapt, but most human beings, and even the ones that run around solo, like, need some sort you of community. community. Yeah. You need people around you. You definitely do. Poor yeah. Me. So back to the suffering point um, where Paul is talking about suffering, he, he talks about, did I already mention how he said that, like, it's better for him to die, but he's going to stay. Yeah. So he essentially says... Um, like, it would be good for me to die. If I was to die, I would, to live is Christ and to die is to gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Fruitful labor. Work that matters. Yeah. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Mm -hmm. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body 
Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. So, I mean, I mean, he's basically saying I could end it. I can stop eating. I could just end it. I can let them just be like, yeah, yeah. kill me. Let me go. This is the easiest. Just accept it. Yeah. But I know through this realization that by serving others and and showing you that it's okay to be a human being mm-hmm. that comes and just to come figure it out. We're all trying to figure it out. Like mm-hmm. that's that's more service to God and Jesus right. than saying deuces. Yeah, <laughs> let me try again. <laughs> definitely, know? definitely. And so there's that gratitude of the suffering and of the work because in Paul's mind it's assisting others right right Right. and here's where I I wanted to be very careful because even religion will do this and we said it earlier right they'll use this to use other people is saying that you have to suffer in order to live in Jesus's image that's that's and suffering is very like can be very inherent, right? And it can mm-hmm. be very, it can be very different and mean very different for every single person. Mm-hmm. So it's more of, I wanted to get away from like saying you have to go suffer in order to live in Jesus' image and more of like, it's not about suffering. It's more of just living the human experience. Yeah. And this is where I love following Eckhart Tolle's idea of the the uh, philosophy of the power of now mm-hmm. and living just in this now moment where and being obedient to death and being obedient to yeah. death where things aren't good things are bad things just are yeah and that's what paul is telling us here things just are in this human experience right, right. we as human beings have attached suffering to it because it is fucking painful yeah. physically we already know what pain feels yeah, like and, i mean paul talks about that about having no confidence in the flesh because being embodied Hurts. In a human body, it hurts. It, it's there's going to be suffering. So yes. don't have confidence in that. Know that it's part of the human experience. Right. And I like what you said, where um, people will say, like, you have to suffer to be um, in Jesus's example. Or you have to sacrifice yourself. But it's for not others. that you have to. You don't put yourself through suffering. Just being alive, yes, will experience suffering. That's and what he's telling you. Being alive and experiencing suffering is exactly what Jesus went through. And by you living and choosing to live the human experience, you are now an embodiment of Jesus Christ. And now you are an example to others of how to do that. And if we trickle that and domino effect that, no one's trying to kill themselves. Everyone's trying to enjoy life, even if pain happens, even if shit hits the fan, because they just know it's a part of it. And the good comes with the bad because it just is. And I feel like that's a beautiful message. Yeah, that is that's, a beautiful message. It's not mentioned in the Bible. Christ consciousness. It, it Christ consciousness is kind of it is like a woo woo um, spiritual realm idea, but it really is. That's Christ consciousness where you're you are meeting the suffering. You're you're facing it head on, and you're accepting the difficult aspects of life with an open heart. With yes. love, with yes. devotion, with courage, with surrender. And it's not, when I say surrender, it doesn't mean that you just lie down on your back and you take it. But what I mean is. You fight for all fucking heck yeah. that you have to you stay find alive. The dignity in it. And in doing that and finding the meaning and finding the lesson and find, finding the knowledge in your suffering, 
then you can be an example to others. You could be another story, another narrative in which somebody else might be able to take meaning from yours, from your example, and find that there is fruitful labor. Yes. And continuing on and living versus right. giving up and dying. Right. And and getting away from praising a person, but praising it as a way of being. Yeah. Right? Praise a lifestyle. Praise a way of existing, of being a human. I mean, in the animal kingdom, knowing that they're part of just a, a, a circle of life, I don't want to be a part of that circle of life. You know what I mean? But hey, in our own weird way, we have that circle of life too in Mm -hmm. the human experience. And Mm -hmm. just saying, I get to choose to be a part of it. Yeah. But if I don't get to choose a part of it, there's really, there's nothingness. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather choose experience. Yeah. Because nothingness, there really is nothingness other than experience. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this whole chapter Philippians, the story of Jesus and living by the example of Jesus' story. And Paul reiterates, like, this is Jesus' story. You're living out Jesus' story. And it's the story of creation. With dignity. It, it reminds me of what I was going back to earlier, or what I said earlier about younger folks or people who are really, really suffering right now because of systemic issues. Yeah. Like, um know that that's part of your story mm-hmm. and your story matters just yes. like how this is part of jesus's story and this matters your suffering matters he's basically saying every single one of you matters mm-hmm. in the big scheme of things and it's important that you embrace the fact that you've been giving this opportunity to choose life because that's our choice as human beings do you choose to live which life just means whatever comes at you it could be suffering, it could be not, but you have to be ready for it. Or there's just the finite, let's just end it right now and not experience yeah. it. And there, we've talked about symbolic deaths before where, um, you know, you, it's kind of it's kind of clear when some people kind of just like give up on life mm-hmm. or they take advantage of. I mean, I guess, or they don't take advantage of what they've been given. They're the yeah. mental faculties that we've been given, right. our ability to question, our ability to feel um, and make meaning from the suffering. And some pe- people are just like in, on autopilot day in, day out. Right. Like, I mean, would you consider being on autopilot like a symbolic death where you're not really living? No, I mean, that. yeah, right? that is a symbolic death. Right, so it's like, are you choosing life at that point? It's, it's the it's the and, organism just going through the motions, yeah. just no longer choosing to experience it. And choosing life doesn't mean like, you know, leave your job, drop everything. It just means like finding the meaningful um, parts of our everyday mundane existence, right. right? Like we talk about meditating in the morning finding gratitude i have a gratitude practice in the morning Mm -hmm. i know you do too Mm -hmm. and it's it's not to like alleviate suffering or to transcend anything it's just so i can show up as my whole self in christ consciousness well it's it's bringing back that dimensionality of things and knowing that emotions have that effect on our human existence yeah but what i wanted to say was that having that gratitude every morning sets me up where I am now seeing the world 
anew every day. So I kind of have that beginner's mind. I'm curious to the potentials or the possibilities. I'm not shut down and limited. I'm not in the symbolic death of just going through autopilot. That way I can show up as my best self Mm -hmm. and I can be of service to others by just being my best self. Right. So I'm not in a bad state or bad mindset or I'm not in a bad attitude where I'm going to snap at someone. Right. I mean, that might happen regardless, but, right. you know, it's always up to me to write that ship. Right? And not serving others by, and then you in turn service yourself right. by doing that. Right. And I was just going to get back to the, the, on that note of living that way, that is Christ consciousness, right? right? Living your life as if, living your life as as if you have created heaven on earth, what does that look like for you? Right. You know, what emotions would you always feel if you lived in this symbolic heaven? Right. You know, and it's it's not going back into toxic positivity mm-hmm. because it's accepting our finite existence, mm-hmm. knowing that regardless of what comes my way, I'm going to live it anyways, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's not toxic positivity. That's just embracing life (laughs) for what it is. And it's saying it's not good or bad. I just know I just have to learn from it. I have to grow from it. I'm going to. And through that, like you said, you are creating an example. And if you go live life out that way, others take notice. You think they're not, but they do. Everybody pays attention. Yeah. Uh, There is. I don't think I highlighted it, but. Paul does talk about like how you tend to radiate with light. Like you shine like a star when you are living Jesus's example. And when you are shining that light, like other people would pick up on it, right? Like everybody has had that experience where they're having a really, really great day. And they, people just walk into you. work. People pick up on it yeah. subconsciously, and they're like, "Oh, you what know? do you do?" Yeah, and then we've had that experience where you're feeling very low and shut down, and you're not really engaging with others. People aren't engaging with you. So, if you wake up every day obedient to death, and knowing that this life it can end at any moment. Mm-hmm. And that our work is here on earth. Our work is here to spread the love, to spread heaven here on earth. Then you're going to radiate that to other people. And you might not even have to say anything to anybody. You You might not even have to say Mm -hmm. anything to somebody. It'll just make someone feel more secure in your presence or calmer. Like I've had that where somebody a long time ago when I was working restoration, one of my coworkers was like, I always feel calm around you. I'm like, hmm, that's weird. (laughs) I don't understand why you feel that way around me because I am a big ball of anxiety. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I always get like, I get strangers instantly sharing their life stories. Yeah. And people are like, I just feel so comfortable around you. That's therapeutic. That's healing, right? Like that, that's important work. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us suffer because we think that we have to do these big grand things with our lives. You just have to showing live. up in the example of Jesus Christ, like that is going to make a difference for other people. Right. And that is a big deal. Right. That is a big deal. I don't think, I mean, you would have asked if I would have asked myself if this was a big deal like 10, 20 years ago, I'd be like, no, no, I got to get the job. I got to make the money. Exactly. I got to buy the house. But none of that stuff really matters. But at the same time, looking back now, having earned, because we've earned this wisdom, yeah, 
we had to be stupid fools like that. Yeah. And right? it's a natural part of our human development. Yeah. Right? I'm like, sure it's not really it. it's not really talked about in the Bible, yeah. but I'm sure Jesus went through his teenager phase. He obviously oh, yeah. went through a rebellious phase. He was obviously inspired to change the world. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. He was inspired by teaching somewhere, you guys. And yeah. I know people will argue, well, yeah, it was God who told him all of this information. Well, there's just some, no, his- but there was already there's some historical of, context of out there. Christ, yes. Other, other messiahs. messiahs that he learned from yes he did um let's see i guess maybe oh to end oh the the messiah poem no we read the messiah poem this is what i wanted to end with the final exhortations from paul oh yes he says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely lovely sorry whatever is admirable If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice Mm -hmm. and the God of peace will be with you. That, I feel like this final verse right here, um, 4.8 through 4.9, to me, this sums up the entire message of the Bible, of the Bible, of Mm -hmm. the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Like, and... I like that he's saying, like, whatever you find from this, whatever you are gaining from this letter, maybe you just picked up on the gratitude. Or maybe you picked up on, like, suffering has a purpose. Whatever it is, hold on to that. And And what doesn't make sense, let it go. Let it go. And what I'm picking up from his message is more of like, hey, when you live in the, and walk this earth like Christ, you're going to gain all this. And just keep doing that. Yeah. Because obviously it makes you feel good, so bask in it. Yeah. Which means if you're going to bask in it, you're going to go and do that more and yeah. do that more. Which means you're you're truly spreading the message yeah. of love and because compassion. Then you're living the example for right. others, and then and then you it's like a domino effect after mm-hmm. that. So that's what I took from that, which is like like you said, it's the message of the whole entire New Testament. And I think that's absolutely beautiful because it's one of the shorter books of the Bible, I feel like, other than like Corinthians. Yeah, it was hard to choose which chapter to focus on because you have the Gospels and it's like, well, we don't want to just like rehash. Well, well, once I understood from the Bible Project how the Bible was, the New Testament was put together, then I was okay not focusing on certain chapters because I was like, oh, these are just different accounts from different versions. Right. And yeah, this was like that beautiful because Paul was that first one to like really want to push yeah. Jesus as Lord and, and Savior. And in and of itself is amazing because it he, is. he persecuted Christians before he converted. Mm-hmm. Like he sentenced Christians to yes, death. Yes, he did. And he was really obedient to the Jewish laws. And then he realized like that's not really what it's about. And it's- how beautiful is that to know? Because it happened to me recently. It happened during our prep today. I had an aha where I was like, I only know what I know up until now, but I just gained new insight and I'm yeah. allowed to change what I believe in. Yeah. And it happened today. Yeah. And that's our God-given right. It is. You know, it's like once we receive new information, we can then shift the our frame of mind. We could update what we know and how we perceive the world with there's that nothing new wrong information. With that. There's nothing wrong with it. Nope. Some people don't. I, I think it's like what you said before where like people want to stay consistent with who they think they are. Mm-hmm. Right? There's yeah. that motivation yeah. to stay consistent with who yes. you think you are. And so receiving new information is makes a you have to shift who it's you a are. to that. Yeah. Because it's a shift in your identity. Right. right. Yes. Exactly. But I mean, 
let's use our God-given brain, right? And we have the capacity to be be like God and change. Ever evolve. Ever evolve and change our perspective on things when we receive new information. Which is beautiful. So I feel like this was a very... um, paradigm shifting experience and humbling and humbling experience very humbling for me i um you know i'm not gonna start going to church or anything no. like that i'm not gonna <laughs> subscribe to christianity but i think i you feel know, like my grandmother would be pleased that i even like opened the book again <laughs> yeah she's up there but somewhere you, hopefully like, smiling I, you know i hope the fact that like marcella and i aren't converts i hope that doesn't turn you off from this message i think yeah. there's there's so much there's so much beauty in this, but it is just one story. It is just one story. And yes. so we're going to be moving on to Buddhism with our next I'm excited for Buddhism. Me A too. lot of my initial reconnection of spiritual themes came from same. a lot of Buddhism philosophy. Yeah, same here. And like it was, Buddhism was brought to the West by practitioners who saw a lot of suffering in Americans. And um, Buddhism, there's going to be a lot of parallels between yes. the suffering in the New Testament that we see and in Buddhism. So, And even in Buddhism, story is very similar to all of the stories of all the messiahs that have transcended time through the Christian yeah. faith. Yeah, except Buddha wasn't persecuted. Right. Okay, let's end on um, our spiritual wisdom cards. I'm going to be pulling from... These these starseed pools, by the way, have been so on point with every single episode. And I'm going to attune it to the fact that we we tune our energy quite well before we, we record do. each episode. We, we like chant and everything. People. Yes, we do. We, uh, we do our work. We go there. We go there. Okay, so I'm pulling from Starseed's Wisdom for Spiritual Growth by Nariana Starcia. And the card that I'm pulling says... Courage. Live your life fearlessly with courage, strength, and determination. Was that not the theme of this episode? (laughs) Just live life. Yeah. That's courageous. Be be like Jesus. Is that not courageous? And be obedient to to death. death. And live every day like it's your last. Yes. And if you live every day like it's your last, how will that change the color of your relationships. Yes. How will that change how you see yourself? And how you show up and every how day. how you show up for others. And I think that's amazing. And that's that's where we'll end it. That's beautiful. I want to thank you all for hanging in there with us. If you've listened to all three of our episodes on Christianity, thank you so much. We would yes. love to hear your feedback. Drop us a comment. Send us a message on Instagram. Uh, Brittany did a beautiful job putting the spiritual framework together on our Instagram page. Take a look at it. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And if there's anything specifically about Buddhism that maybe you'd like to know, you know, any specific things that maybe um, right now, actually, they're going through the Westack Festival for the next full moon. And um, my meditation teacher is going to dive into the Eightfold Path, which oh, I'm very yay. excited. It. And it's so crazy that he's diving into this part during this time of year and we were delayed by a month and now yeah. we're going to start recording around the same time of the eightfold path and the west sack full moon yeah. right when we're hitting the buddhism it's, it's interesting how there's these cycles that we just and we were aren't forced aware, to take a break aware. no yeah we we had no no choice yeah but, um yeah so that's exciting if you have a question or if you're curious about um, Buddhism and you want us to look into something, as Marcella said, message us on Instagram at 
thegroundedspacecadets. Yes. Or our website, www.thegroundedspacecadets.com. With that, we want to thank you all. We hope you have a wonderful time listening to this episode. Thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you soon. Check you later. Bye, Space Babies. We loved having you on board this episode. Join us next time as we set course on all things spiritual, psychological, and astrological. Follow and rate us wherever you hear this transmission. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Grounded Space Cadets. Until next time, take care and be well, space babies.